Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this week in interview. Thank you for tuning in. If you're listening to me on tdnradio.net or you're watching us on Facebook Live on this week in interview Facebook page or TDN Radio Facebook page, welcome. You may also be viewing us on TDN TV. Or if you are in, the Dom in Dominica, uh, RVR Jams on DigiPlay Channel 59 carries this week in interview. So welcome. Uh, I, I want to say... A very special welcome to if you to you tonight if it's the first time that you that you're joining us on this weekend interview i i appreciate you joining us and i hope to make you a regular listener i have quite a few of you folks who come back every wednesday and spend the hour or so with me and i appreciate that very much welcome back i hope you had you had a great week tonight i did not invite a guest uh, sometimes I like to just have the hour just to us. Uh, so I didn't invite a guest. There's a few things that's been going on. Um, October being um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, um, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, it's, also, it's also the month for employment of people with disability. So, so there were a few things to talk about. For the last two weeks, we brought... Um, Afatan Mate and Munsewe um, bringing attention to some um, really um, bad practices that's going on in the rivers of Dominica. And, uh, and we just heard the announcement of the Labour Party candidate for Grand Bay. Um, there's a lot of talk going on around that. Uh, so I figure we, would, we have enough to talk about. Uh, every once in a while, it's good just to have the space. And so because tonight I have no guest, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you participate. So your 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 chat, if you if you're watching us on Facebook Live or on TDN TV, you can you can type in the chat your comments, your questions. We'll feature them live. I will read them out, uh, and we can have a back and forth that way. So I encourage you to participate. Let's not let's not take too much time um, with the intro. Let's do the character anthem, and as as soon as we come back, we're going to start. Um, talking about the status of Dominica, um, sort of like a state of the union address, a state of the state address. Um, how do you how do you assess the current situation in Dominica, and more importantly, um, what do you think you can do about about making a change? That's what we're going to be talking about. So hang on to your seats. Let's do the caricamentum, and as soon as we come back, we will we will start this journey that you and I are going to spend um, the next hour or so. So uh, we'll be right back. From many distant lands Our forefathers came Some seeking adventure Some bound in chains Waged and fought through victory and pain. By test of their courage, our freedom was gained. In homage to those gone before us, the heroes of lands in the sun. 
on building one Caribbean. Raise your voice and high, sing up your Caribbean pride. Sing it loud and strong, feel a heart beat as one. Celebrate in song as we rise to heights where we. Welcome back. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed Mikkel Henderson doing the Caricom Anthem. And of course, uh, tonight, as I said, we, we are go you're going to spend the time just with me. Um, I invite you to, to share the link. Uh, invite somebody to invite to, to, to tune in. Invite five people. We're going to be talking some serious business tonight, so invite five people. Um, tell them to tune into this weekend interview. Let's get more people on. Um, we, we do have a decent reach. Um, I was looking at the last um, couple of, of episodes of this weekend interview, 
and um, today I was looking at it, it looks like we're reaching um, upwards of 2,000 people per episode. And we want to take that a little higher. Um, so, so share the link, share the live. A lot of folks don't um, see it live, but they watch the replay. Um, so we get quite a few of, um, of viewers, we get engagements. So I thank you for that. I think um, last week's episode um, reached, like, uh, I think, 2,100 when I looked at the Facebook report, and we had about um, a few hundred engagements. So, so the information we give out is, is, is appreciated. And, and I appreciate you for that. But, but, but I want you to, to share it with folks, tell folks about, about TDN Radio, tell them about this speaking interview. Uh, so tonight, what, what we want to be talking about is just Dominica in general. And, and because I don't have a guest, I encourage you to, to type your comments in the chat. And I will, I will read those comments and we can go back and forth and interact with those comments a bit. If, we, if time allows us, uh, I, I want to touch on a few topics, uh, politics and economics. Um, the candidacy for Granby, the by-election that's upcoming and just elections in general in Dominica. And maybe we talk a little bit about COVID. Um, agriculture, tourism, the environment. The list can go on, but if we get to all of those topics, uh, we, we would be lucky. But what, what I want to start with is politics and economics. Because we, we have a Labour Party government who has been in power from 2000, the turn of the millennium. Um, a lot of folks accused the existing um, United Workers Party government of, of corrupt practices and whatever, you know, campaign stuff. Um, and then the Labour Party was put in with Honorable Roosevelt's um, Douglas, Rosie Douglas. Rosie died, then Pierre Charles took over. I, live, I, I was living in Dominica at the time. Tonight I'm, I'm coming to you from, from Brooklyn. Um, but uh, the reason I, I said that is because when Piero was Minister of Communication and Works, um, Ruzi was Prime Minister, Piero's Communication and Works, I worked at the WASCO. And so as the Minister with Responsibility for, for Communication and Works, um, I, was, I worked under his ministry. And he would come by, he would come by the WASCO a few times and inquire about different things. So I interacted with him one-on-one. And Piero passed, and then we were gifted with a young um, man, uh, Roosevelt Skerritt, and we've been stuck with him. And I mean that we've been stuck with him now um, for, for over 15 years. Uh, he seems to be entrenched. Uh, he seems, seems like there's going to be difficult to dislodge him. And we don't see... A, a very valiant effort from the opposition forces uh, in terms of attempts and strategies to, to, to replace the government. And, I mean, if you listen to my program, you know for sure that I'm not a fan of the Labour Party government. But putting that aside, I just think that it is healthy for a country um, 
that 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 tries to be a democratic country i think it's important that you change your government every so often that you give people a reason to stay in government you give people a reason to win an election because i believe if you have just one government in power like we have in dominica for 20 years um that it starts to approach absolute power and and you know they say absolute power corrupts absolutely and so the, the part i want to talk about is if you look up at the economic situation in dominica at the time of the election in 2000 turn of the millennium and you look at the state of dominica today it is arguable that i don't even know if it's arguable in my opinion it's not I mean, I am just one person, that Dominica is not better off now than it was in 2000. 20 years later, we are not better. <clears throat> and, and that is an environment when the income, from, the income from agriculture has been replaced with income from passport sales. And Dominica is supposed to be slushing in money. We don't have anything to show for that money that we spent we are spending we don't have anything to show for that and so this that is the economy that's the reality of the economies because we sell so many passports it makes it look look as though dominica is earning a certain amount of money but in that earning of that money how many actual dominicans living in dominica participates in that economy. So, so therefore, even though the number might look big, even though a few people make a lot of money and just say the average savings might look large, that is skewed because it's not spread out across the population. You don't have the economic impact of, of, the, of, of the money. What I mean by that is when we were depending on bananas, a banana farmer goes, he clears some land. He has to employ laborers to help him to, to plant, to clear, to plant, to fertilize, to sniff, to harvest. He makes, so that's already employment. He sells his bananas, he gets some money. He goes to the shop, he buys stuff. He, 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 he repairs his house. That money gets into the economy. The shopkeeper and the laborers that he hires, they also go out and spend money in the economy. And so you have business happening and the money turns over and changes hands six and seven times before it, 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 it exits the economy. That is healthy. When, when all we're doing is selling passports, and we have an agent in Dubai or, or in Bombay or somewhere that's selling a passport, that's an employment that takes place outside of Dominica. That, that activity doesn't provide employment in Dominica. The money doesn't come to Dominica and so you don't have the same economic effect so therefore a country like dominica might be showing that it is it has a gdp of seven thousand dollars which is which is poor in its own right but when you look at the real impact it's much lower than that because the money is not generated through efforts within the country because of that we have a lot of needs in Dominica. And you see, every time somebody gets sick, uh, there is a GoFundMe. 
we see the deterioration of healthcare, where for, for most of our basic needs, we have to try to fly people out of the country. We see schools. People are starting to send their kids out to go to school, even at, at younger ages, even though the government say they have a policy of one graduate for each household. And many times those graduates don't come back because there's no employment, or even when they come back, they don't find jobs in the areas where, where, where they're studying. And so the economics of Dominica is really, really bad. It's difficult. It's challenging to talk about it because because it is so bad, the, the government doesn't really collect or publish the data. So so it's difficult to take the numbers. We we have some numbers that they use to when they report to international bodies when they try to get loans, and so you have those numbers. But we know if you look at those numbers, how much faith you can put in those numbers. Can you, as a citizen, go to statistics department, for example? and say, can I get a copy of the last census? When was the last census in Dominica? What, where is the data that the government can use to make decisions on, on the allocation of resources? Where, where, where are those decisions coming from if you don't have the numbers to, 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 to back it up? The other thing that's affecting the economics of the, of the, of the everyday man in Dominica in a, in a poorly way is that so much of the of the work, especially construction work, is being done by foreign companies with foreign professionals, with foreign laborers. Again, money doesn't circulate in the economy. You, I see a lot. I see some folks who are supporters of the government. They go home to Dominica on vacation and they go all over Dominica, and they say Dominica nice. And then, guess what? Next, they stay for two weeks, they stay for three weeks, and they have to leave Dominica and come back to New York or go to the Virgin Islands or wherever they go so that they can get, they can continue to work. And some of them are construction workers. If you, if, if the government is doing such a good job and you're such in support of the government, there is so much construction in Dominica. Hurricane Maria devastated so many homes and stuff in Dominica. So there's all kind of construction work. You would think that that would be an opportunity for all of these construction workers to go to Dominica because you know you're going to find work. The economy is supposed to be booming. You remember after the recession, um, Theodore Roosevelt and the New Deal, they spent a lot of money on construction just to provide jobs so that they could revive and re-kickstart the economy. That's when they build all the national parks, they build a lot of highways, they do a lot of work all over the country because that is how a country can kickstart its economy. If you can get to do a lot of construction, you get to do agriculture, those kinds of work where you have money generating from the base of your community. Everybody can go out and buy a pickup truck. Everybody has to buy tools. You know, people build homes and those things. That filters up because as the contractors get money, they spend, the, the shopkeeper gets money, they spend, the supermarket gets, they spend, doctors, lawyers, people buy clothes, people, people live in life like how Dominicans used to live life in the 80s. And so that circulation of money is what would increase the quality of life of the people. But when you have a situation where 
everything is done by a foreign company. And the foreign company is allowed to bring all the employees. You really have very minimal, very, very minimal impact on the economy of the country. And you can see the effect that it's having in, in, in Dominica. So the economics of the country need to be, need to be looked at. The, the problem is that we don't see a plan. What is the five-year, ten-year plan for the country? So, so, so the, the government says they're starting to build the international airport. How does that fit in in the five-year or ten-year plan for the country? As citizens of the country, we should know what the five-year plan is so that we can go look at it, we can see where we can fit in. Our education system should be geared so that we're training young people so they can have necessary skills to, to support the plans of where the economy is going to go. So if the economy is going to go towards construction, you have some strong construction programs at the college, even from high school, you train carpenters and masons and welders and, and all of those, all of those and trades. And so you have local support um, supply of labor. But if you don't have a plan, people just go to school, they do maths, they do chemistry, they do biology, and then they leave. And you end up in another country working. When we could be contributing to the, to the quality of life in our country, we are doing that in, a, in another person's country. And so the economics, I would say, is, is extremely poor. And if your economics is poor, what can you do about it? Because we live in a democratic society, we can let go and drag these guys out of office, beat them up and tell them you will need to know more. It is done at the, at the voting station. How do people decide who to vote? So that's the politics part. The government pretty much wants to control all of the media. And if anything, the last couple of years have taught us is the power of the media. We always knew that the media was powerful, but the last couple of years really showed how if you can get your message in the media and get it repeated and repeated and repeated, it, people start to believe your message. So the person that controls the media, the television, the radio, the newspaper, uh, and so on, the, the, if, if, if we can control the media, we can win elections. So, so what I would say is that we need to now educate our people so that they can make better choices, you know? They can make better choices as to who they will choose for, for a candidate. We see that with the unfortunate passing of the representative from Grand Bay, the Ed Bridges, there's a by-election. The government of Dominica, the Labour Party, last night announced that they are going to run Vince Henderson. They're going to run Vince Henderson as the candidate for Grand Bay. What does that say? Is, the, the Prime Minister justifies Vince because he says he needs Vince to help him in cabinet because he does not have the capacity. This is the second time, more times he does it, but it's the second real time that the Prime Minister has voiced real non-confidence in his cabinet. Remember before the last election, he, he replaced a lot of folks and, and he did not run. Most of the people who were sitting in office at the time, he didn't run, he ran a new squad. But it looked like that replacement side is still failing. By his own admission, 
he needs Vince to help him. He doesn't have the capacity um, in his cabinet. But not only that, you're running a, a big village like Grand Bay, a major village like Grand Bay, which is a stronghold of the Labour Party, not struggling for supporters in Grand Bay. And the Labour Party is saying that they cannot find a single person in Grand Bay that they think is strong enough that they can present to the people of Grand Bay and say, listen, this is Anthony Drago. He's from Grand Bay. You know him. You know his family. I am putting him up because I am sure you will agree with me that he's going to represent your interests well in Parliament. There's, there's a comment from from one of the from one of you listeners it says can the drug pandemic in dominica be reversed can our people be truly healed and how can we help them help themselves without seeming so forward or by using force manipulation of coercion from what i'm hearing the contracts goes to foreigners dominicans are not getting jobs why is that again you know listener those are salient points because as i mentioned before the deterioration of our healthcare system it means that we don't have the resources for a robust mental health um, program even even in, in countries where there's a lot of resources mental health suffers so imagine in, in countries where the resources are not well uh, distributed you can imagine mental health is given a backseat our people with mental health end up on the streets and i would say that to to be able to reverse the drug pandemic in dominica would be to to, to provide employment as you said give, give the young people something to be motivated for give them something to wake up in the morning and go to work give a young boy or a young girl a job so they have some money in their pocket they can impress somebody that they're trying to attract to, to be a wife or or not so definitely, you need to pay attention to who you vote for. Because we have those things happening in between elections. And then we seem to forget when the general election comes. We get caught up in the moment. We get caught up in the excitement. We start to do personality politics. And so because, you know, maybe there's something about the prime minister that makes us feel like we, we personally know him so we vote for him and then we forget that but for the last five years we barely worked or nephew did not work or brother did not work we see saint lucians we see trinidadians we see chinese doing menial labor you know one of the listeners says that is not a good idea to source from different countries dominica needs to hire their own people to work of course they need to i, I will tell you um something when I used to work at the water company as an engineer. And we, we were doing projects. And those projects were funded by international bodies and so on. So we had to go out to international bids. You know, Ms. Charles was the prime minister. And this, the, the stance of the Freedom Party, a government at the time, was that if you never mind that we have to bid internationally so a foreign company might get the contract, depending on how this funding came. Sometimes it was loan, sometimes it was grant. Even if it was a foreign company who won the contract, if that skill or that service was available in Dominica, they could not bring it in from outside. So many of those companies, even if they won the contract, 
will only be allowed to come in if a project manager and engineer. If they have a special piece of equipment, maybe they bring an operator. Laborers was no. As long as you could find, the company had to prove best effort to find a local person to fill a position before they were given work permits for foreign workers. And that's definitely, we used to see the difference in the country at the time. Because so many people used to work, so many people were independent, people could build their own homes, you know, build their own homes, you had your own farm, buy your own vehicle. Now we see the government putting people in apartments. Dominica is not set up, except for around maybe Roseau and Portsmouth, maybe some of the more populated places. Dominica is not set up for apartments. When you build an apartment complex in Castle Bruce, what's what is that you know it's a it's more of a rural environment people do agriculture people come home they want somewhere to park their vehicle they want to have a little garden in their yard they want to have somewhere for their kids to play what is this thing about an apartment you say oh well people get a house you cannot criticize people get a house but that what is not charity this is this is dominican money that you're using to do things for dominica so dominican should have a right they should have a say they should be given the best use of their money. And I'm suggesting that the best use of money is not an apartment building. We had housing schemes before where everybody was given a house. Maybe a duplex stuck to each other, but everybody had their own, their own yard, their own backyard. They had their own. As their life got better, they could, they could upgrade their homes. They could enlarge their homes. They could add on it. They could go up. They could go out. They could progress. And, and you know, one of the biggest things about this is that who owns that home? Because if you don't own the home, you cannot take that paper and go to the bank to get a loan to start a business, to get a loan to send your child to college, to get a loan to, to hire some people to clear some land. You take a loan. You, you cannot use the title. We have that issue with the folks in the Kalinago territory. We have that issue where because the property in the Kalinago territory is property in common, an individual can don't have a land paper that they can use to go to a bank. And that has affected the progress of the Kalinago territory tremendously. And instead of addressing that and finding a way to work through that with the Kalinago territory, we're spreading that problem island-wide by putting folks in apartments where they don't have title to their home. And therefore, we see the effect all over the place. If you, if you cannot have home ownership, you cannot build equity. You cannot use that equity, go to the bank and take a loan. All how we look at it, the economy of the country is, is just going in the wrong direction. And so we, if we talk politics, I know we're coming up on our break, but I want to deal with that. The people of Grand Bay, have the opportunity to, to tell the Labour Party that we think that you will not make any effort to find someone from within Grand Bay. Grand Bay is such a large and vibrant community. You cannot, and such a stronghold of the Labour Party. The Labour Party cannot find one person from Grand Bay to run for Grand Bay. You know, I see people making excuses where Charles Maynard was, was rep represented Sufria for 15 years and whatnot. It wasn't right then. I don't think it's right now. It's constitutional, but it says that you have no confidence in anybody whatsoever in that community that you can present to the people. 
as somebody who represents you that can take a leadership position in that in that community folks you have to look at whether uh, at the quality of your life and this by-election is an opportunity to send a message to the government i know i i, I am speaking in the wind because grand bay looks like they will vote labor even if somebody just draw a stick figure and put them up in red and say labor grand bay people have reduced themselves to that grand bay and Portsmouth. and so when when somebody thinks that they own your vote they don't see any reason to earn it so labor party knows that they own grand bay vote so it doesn't matter to them who they send up in grand bay whatever strategy they have they can implement it in grand bay because they know if it's labor they're going to win that election and so what do you think the opposition parties should do because we haven't spoken about electoral i like to call it electoral reform but the cleaning the cleaning up of the voters list and 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 the other demands that we're making around elections and to make sure that leading up to the elections all the work that is supposed to be done according to the constitution is done people who were not supposed to be on the voters list are removed people who have been away for five years or more are removed and so on we haven't seen any of those changes take place so in absence of those changes do you think that the opposition type me your your comments what do you think do you think that the opposition parties should contest the by-election in grand bay given the fact that the labor party has made no moves to implement any of the recommendations from so many reports they have telling them what they need to do to make elections in dominica more free and fair let's take a break get a word from our sponsors type your response if, if you if you wish and let's let's talk about that when we come back Presented by Hi, have you always wanted to learn how to paint but felt that you didn't have the talent to try? Well, pick up that paintbrush and join me, Nicole Georges Bennett, for Art and the Word on TDNTV.net, Wednesdays at 10.30 a.m. with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Join me for an exploration through art appreciation and biblical inspiration on Art and the Word, TDNTV.net. Wednesdays at 10.30 with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Let's paint. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K. and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling People say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. Just all right, we seem to be having an issue. Apologize to our, um, to our sponsors, uh, Beacon Dental Health. Uh, I think we usually have one from buydominicaonline.com where you can get authentic Dominica products. So go online and check them out, buydominicaonline.com. 
So before the break, one of the listeners asked, what can we do to help our young people who, or people who are, who are uh, unfortunately on drugs? And I'm adding, who may have mental issues. What can we do? And the answer that I had was employment. Employment and engagement. Because if people are working, people are gainfully employed, people are engaged, they will have that motivation that they need. They will have that motivation that they need to, um, to, to wake up in the morning, get motivated, get out of their depression, and, and, and to pull themselves together. The, the other thing is, the, the other thing is that, um, With the issue of, of mental health, we really have to study and, and really pay attention. We see the tremendous work that Mary Benjamin did with Yellow, where she, she, all she did was give us some care and nobody would have think that Yellow would turn around so drastically. So we, we, need, to, we need to really um, have a program. There's a lot of social groups um, out there um, national Council of Women, there are mental health groups and so on that, that can reach out. Find out about them, give them the support. A lot of times they have very restricted resources, but those are the things that we can do. But I think most importantly, you see a lot of drugs and those negative things taking root when you don't have um, a program of gainful employment. So I think uh, a program to employ our young people engage them and, and trickle it down to the education system, educating our people in, in such a manner that when they come out, they have the skills that is required by the activities in the economy so they will get employment. I think, I think that would go a long way towards um, getting our young people in the better behavior. In terms of my, in terms of my, my, my question that I asked, asked about um, contesting the election, one of the listeners says, honestly, I don't think they should, I guess, contest the election, the by-election in Grand Bay, unless they decide to move on electoral reform. Common is a seat that was already stolen. Common, it's a seat that's already stolen from them. It's already the fake labor in the fake labor party column. So that's one listener saying that they don't think um, the opposition parties should should move forward. Okay, so let's look at that for a minute. Um, tell me if you agree or if you disagree with, with that comment. What, what I would say is that, take Grand Bay Constituency, for example. Grand Bay Constituency gives us a chance to do like a pilot project because maybe the general election is a big bite, but the one constituency, a by-election, the government could institute the, what's been asking for and test it instead of making excuses, gives them that perfect chance because now they can do it in one constituency. But the opposition for parties as well can take that opportunity, go to Grand Bay, sit down if your supporters in Grand Bay. The elector, electors list is only a couple thousand people. In one weekend, you can go through every name on that list. And I can assure you there are people in Grand Bay who know who has not been in Grand Bay for the last five years. There are people in Grand Bay, you know, who are, who, are, who are dead and they're still on the list. The opposition parties have an opportunity to do a pilot project 
if they decide that they're going to contest the election and really be proactive, take the voters list, find, make a list of the names that they want to challenge, submit those challenges to the, to the electoral commission with the recommendation that these names be taken off the list. Or if they also decide to contest on the day of the election and people come to vote that you know that haven't resided in the community for five years, you can challenge their vote and have them fill out an affidavit saying that they, they are indeed qualified to vote. There, there are steps that the, that, the, that the opposition parties can take and be proactive and not just sit there and cry. Also, the fact that the Labour Party has come now and they've taken somebody who is not part of the community to run, it gives the opposition parties an opportunity to find a good candidate that is from Grand Bay and to put up a good fight. We can say Grand Bay is going to vote Labour no matter what, but I am saying that if you only have one constituency, you don't have 21 constituencies to contest. That one constituency, right? You can do, you can go all out. See if your supporters recommend the cleaning of the list that you're talking about. See if your supporters identify a stalwart in the community that's willing to support you and put up a fight. I think. If you look at it properly, probably the probably the 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 Labour Party has made given the best opportunity for a different party to win in Grand Bay by selecting a candidate that is not from Grand Bay. So I, I see we have Grand Bay people listening. I don't know. I would I would love to hear what you guys think about the. Um, about about the development in Grand Bay. Well, I'm suggesting that the opposition parties can one, implement what they say should be done by the party, by, by the government in terms of electoral reform, sit down, take the list, make a list of people that they can suggest that should be taken off and present it in a public manner to the electoral commission with recommendations that these people be taken off. Let these people defend themselves as to why they need to remain on the list. Also, also, they can find a good candidate because Labour Party have left themselves vulnerable by picking somebody who is not from Grand Bay. They give the opportunity for someone to do that. Also, also, that what what they can do is because you have one, you only have one seat, one constituency to contest. Now you can do billboards, you can do flyers, you can do leaflets, you can do Facebook, you can do whatever, you can pull it off. If, if you say the problem that you have is limited resources, now you only have one constituency. You can marshal your resources and focus it on that one constituency. Go to win. And if you don't win and you come close, at least you'll prove to people that you have some metal in you that you can contest. That's what I think. I, that is if they decide that they are going to contest. And I think, you know, it's easy to say not to contest, but I think that if they can do some of those things that I'm suggesting, it may be an opportunity for them to actually put up a good fight and let, let the Dominicans people see that they're willing to fight for them and they're not just giving up. Because if you are the party 
and you're just going to sit down and give up. What do you expect the regular citizen who's struggling to pay their mortgage and to feed their family to do? So, so that's what I would suggest. Um, Nicholas, thank you so much for the comment. Um, I don't know if anybody else would say differently. Um, somebody is saying that nothing will be done even if they do that drago. Um, not sure you may, uh, uh, what I'm saying is that you don't have control over what the government does, but you have control over what you do. And I'm suggesting that they can be proactive and, and, and present it because if they don't, pre the idea is that you present the list of people that should not be on there. They may not take the people off, but when after the election, you want to challenge the results of the election in court, you have something to go on. You have something to show, look, these are the folks that we think should not have been on the list. And you can get a death certificate. A death certificate is a public record. You can show that this person was dead. We recommended the electoral commission to take this person off. And here's the death certificate. You know, we can say, I know that person doesn't live in Grand Bay, but they allow them to vote. That person, you, your representative at the polling station, challenging that person, forces them to sign an affidavit that they now have to go to court to prove that indeed they had uh, the right to vote. So, so, so I am not saying that the government is going to do anything that you're asking them to do. What I'm saying is that free elections now, we're crying about the same thing. We don't have control over what the government does. We have control over what we do. And we have to think about what we can do with limited resources. And I think that those things I suggest are, are completely doable, completely, completely doable. Um, we, we rush, the end of the hour is rushing up at us. Uh, COVID, uh, the government was going around beating drums saying that we have zero deaths, we have this, we have that, we have the other. And then they let their guard down and COVID came into the country and now it looks like they're at their wit's end in terms of controlling COVID. And we've seen so many, so many deaths now. And so many people in the COVID unit, we saw in the last rain event that the COVID center got flooded. We, we hear recordings on, online um, talking about it, um, the conditions uh, and the treatment of the people in the COVID center leaves a lot to be desired. And, and it just goes back to what I always say, that to every single opportunity that you have, the Labour Party government proves that they don't have the capacity to run the affairs of the country. It's not by luck and chance, you know, it's by actually sitting down and planning and executing. And, and everybody who was saying, oh, praise, we have, they did such a good job, we have zero deaths, we have zero whatever. What, what is it that, are you really happy with the way that, that the, um, the pandemic is being handled in, in Dominica? Those are the questions we have to ask. Tourism, again, you know, we have tourists, boats coming in. In a, in, in a time of COVID, uh, what do we have in place um, for that? Because we know, you know, people coming in brings a lot of those diseases. Growing up, you know, when you have the flu, they had flu season. Flu season was always after Carnival or Christmas when we had a lot of foreigners coming down and, in, and intermingling with locals. Uh, very 
very um, challenging situation. And again, I don't know um, to what you know delicate delicate matters. And we've seen the results on folks who are who, who who are dying from COVID. The environment, you know, that that in itself is the is probably the most urgent issue that we have because we see so much activity going on around our rivers, so much activity going on around our national park. You see part of the national park being carved out to build a hotel. Um, you know, Dominica have one of the few marine reserve parks in the world. What are we doing to, to preserve that and to, and to keep it in a way where, where we can benefit from that? Or, or, or one Tuapiton, was is predicted a world heritage site we see all kind of activities happening right in and around um, montapiton we see quarries being built where the where the, where the trillings and runoffs from the quarries are going into some of our most attractive um features tito gorge the, the falls and so on I'm tying all of those things together because, listeners, I, I, I want you to make note of those things and to remember them so that when it comes time to vote, whether it's in the Grand Bay by election or in general election when it's called, hopefully we have at least one more general election. When the general election is called, you know, we, we can make decisions based on, on, on the issues that we see before us and we don't get caught up in that high of election campaign, that euphoria that, that the government is able to, to induce on our people with, with CO, as they call it, with, with alcohol, with music, with good time. And so we forget, you know, when, you, when you're struggling so much, and suddenly somebody brings you somewhere where you can sit for, even if it's for five minutes, and take the stress off, you forget. And that's what the government does. You know, people are struggling for four and a half years, and then for the three months, six months leading up to the election, they, they have parties, they, 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 they give out handouts, and they put you in a state of euphoria where you forget, you forget all the struggle you struggle. You vote them. And as soon as you finish with them, you're back into the like, oh my God, what did I do? You know, we have to we have to be able to hold government accountable. We have to demand that the government accounts be audited on time so we can get reports. Because what are you going to base your decision on? You cannot base your decision just on emotion. You have to base your decision on well, my kids are going to school. They're 10 years old, they're 12 years old, in eight years' time when they get when they graduate. You want an economy that can employ them. Dominica is such a beautiful place. There's no reason I should be sitting in New York. I would much rather be in Dominica. Our leaders are not able to exploit the resources of the country. Dominica has so many resources compared to some of the other, other countries around the world that if the resources of the country are properly utilized, we would need a visa for people to come to Dominica, that everybody would want to come to Dominica. I, I honestly believe that Dominica has the potential to where the country is doing so well. 
the country is doing so well that you have to implement visas for the people to come to Dominica. And it's not, it's not a bad thing because with a population of 60,000 people, if we have that many, it's very difficult for industry to take hold. And so you have to make your country attractive where you can get people to come to the country and raise the population. Dominica is after, after Jamaica and Trinidad, Dominica by geographic size is the largest English-speaking island in the Caribbean. So we have the capacity. We could increase the population of Dominica to 200,000. Imagine how much business we could do with our population of 200,000. Imagine Prime Minister Drago. <laughs> Everybody that tells me to go into politics, I, I shake my head. Um, but you know, if I have some grand baby, maybe I would run, you know, run independent. Uh, but, but, you know, imagine if you could raise the population of Dominica to 200,000. It's possible. It's possible. All you have to have is a thriving economy. What you have to have is education system. Say, for example, if we have a vibrant nursing school, I could see people coming to Dominica to get nursing school. We keep the best of them to work in our hospitals. The rest of them go work wherever. There are resources that can be utilized um, for Dominica. You know, as somebody put Prime Minister Drago in there, there's something I've been thinking about that in recent times, in a couple of last week, we saw the implosion. We, we, we saw the implosion from the APP, a fledgling party just starting, you know, imploded on itself. We see the fiasco with Joshua Francis and the, and the, um, and, and you like to look as party, we see. So, so probably what we need is just some independent people to come together. What if some independent people came together, develop a written philosophy, what they believe in and what they would like to do. And these people run as independent. And then if they win, they can come together, say, okay, we come together, there's 11 of us, we form the government, we choose the prime minister. I think, I think Dominica may be at the stage where we have to sort of put party politics aside for a minute and just vote people on their own merit, holding them accountable, having them sign documents that they ascribe to, holding them accountable, um, and we vote for them. And Nic Nicholas came back and he says, I agree, bro, Labour Party running the country like it's a one-man private institution. You made mention of Charles Minard. It was not from Grand Sufria, but at, this, at the time, Sufria was a Freedom Party stronghold. It doesn't matter who was representing the Freedom Party. We'll have win on the Freedom Party ticket. Scary things banking on the same, same perception in Grand Bay. Yes, definitely scary. And, and that is what I was saying, though, that when you give a government the idea that they own your vote, they have no they have no incentive to go out and earn it. They have what has what has the party done for Grand Bay in the last fifteen years, last three election cycles that justifies Grand Bay people voting Labour Party. This is the opportunity to show Labour Party that you cannot take us for granted. But would we get enough people to think that? I think media is powerful. I think if the opposition parties use the media properly and they do um, ground to ground, 
um, host to host campaign, I think they can get some traction. Sharon says, replacement of Rust University. Why doesn't government form a partnership with one of the top universities in Canada or England? There, there, there are a million of those good ideas around. Million of those good ideas around. And they're all possible. But you've seen that in the last 15 years. The government has not had the energy. They've not had the will. They've not had the willingness to implement those kind of ideas. So that's what I'm saying. If independent people come together and bring all those ideas together, bring it to a table, form a platform. No party, there's a platform. You, the members of the party who subscribe to that to the philosophy can come in if they want to. We're not boxing them out. We're just not doing it as a party. And people, my time is up, but I want you to think about it that way. If you can think of two people in each constituency that would that would qualify for that kind of system. Maybe we can reach out and we can form a movement. And even if it doesn't result in an independent party, it might take the attention of the government sufficiently that they will decide that they have to do better, otherwise they will lose the election. So I hope you enjoyed talking to me tonight. I really enjoyed it. I, I deliberately did not have a guest uh, because I wanted us to just talk and just see more on some of those, on some of those thoughts. Uh, I believe that Dominica is in a very precarious position. Uh, we, we, we are in a situation where we have a government that feels like they are entrenched, and because of that, they're taking the country for granted. And even if you are a supporter of the government, if you look at it logically, can you genuinely say that there's development in Dominica? People say, of course, you know, we have a brand new hospital, we have good roads, we have um, apartment buildings, people get in houses. But if you analyze those things, um, it's not every gift that is a good gift. Some gifts become a burden. And so is it really progress to give somebody in Casablanca or in Grand Bay or in Laplace an apartment that they cannot really get tied to, to, to use for their own development? Is that really progress? Is that better than no house at all uh, and, and it, it's done if our if dominican's money so it's not a favor you know somebody has your money spending they're not doing you a favor you have a right to tell them what you want so we, we just need to look at those things we have to look at the total disregard and disrespect for our rivers if you're dominican our rivers are in your dna that's one of the things you're most proud of how proud are you when you see heavy equipment and excavators in the middle of the river, extracting stones and just piling dirt on the side of the river. You see the flood and you see so much dirt being carried down the stream. You see floods because, they, they, because of all the interference they have in the rivers. How proud I, do you feel? So that even if the Labour Party is your party, you need to be able to, to talk to them when you think they can do better. You cannot just be blind and say, if it's done by Labour Party, it's good, and that's, I'm a supporter of the Labour Party, and therefore I can criticize them never. This is a recipe for, for disaster. Your, your country, Dominica, is suffering. Your, your children, your nieces, your nephews will not be left much to inherit from Dominica when these folks are done. So I hope I was able to reach 
some people tonight. I thank you much for those of you who participated in the discussion. I think I think we had a healthy discussion. Thank you so much. Um, it, you know, there, there are folks, the, the questions that were asked about jobs and employment and so on. Um, if you have any ideas of resources, feel free to post them uh, on, 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 the, on the link of this week in interview, you know. But um, we have one last comment. Let's see if we take it. Pro, by listening to you, if you decide to go, you got my support. <laughs> you got my support and I'll become feeling on your behalf. You seem to understand what Dominica is going through. I'm Dominican. Definitely, I understand what Dominica is going through. Um, the politics part of it, it's a tough. I know people have to step up. You know, people have to step up, and there are sacrifices that have to be made. Um, it's just that you you need to come along with a bunch of serious people, uh, and so I'm willing to participate, whether in the front line or at the back. Um, there, there certainly needs to be a movement um, that can address issues from a logical from a logical point of view so i'm going to quit before more people try to induce me to go into politics i but i thank you so much for for tuning in um i really enjoy our chat when we have the one-on-one -on -one chat um be good stay safe okay uh you know continue to wash your hands wear your face mask social distancing go out but do it cautiously do it with care and we will do this again next week wednesday thank you to all the staff uh, at tdn especially sam my producer thank you listeners regular listeners and um if you're listening to me tonight for the first time the folks in the virgin islands the folks from grand bay um you know this you, after this week interview it circulates quite a bit um so feel free to put your comments in and once again i appreciated those i appreciate all of you for tuning in and a special appreciation for those that um actually typed and, um, and, and, it, and became part of the conversation. So good night, listeners, and we will do this again next week. Wednesday, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.